0: Hi, Tony G Nation. I'm Tony G, your host of the Tony G Show. Will McCormick is in studio today. Hi, Will. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. You know why? Because hmm. after our conversation last Thursday, I thought about it. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Hmm. If you haven't listened to last Thursday's episode, go back and listen to that. Season 7, episode 13 is what that was. Yeah. Will and I get into this huge shart- shouting match over baseball or soccer. What's but it oh, all? Oh, I wasn't shouting. I believe you were. No. You were pounding on the desk over at Tony G Studios. (laughs) Yeah, I was just flipping the table. (laughs) I uh, put out a poll on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Results came back in my favor. Yeah. What do you think? Um, (laughs) I think that'd be like
1: the Packers posting a a poll, being like, who's better, the the Packers or the Cowboys? (laughs) That's what I think.
0: Okay. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So there might be a little off. bit of a might be a little bit of bias involved there. We've talked about this off mic too. Listen, man. It's how it is. The okay. results came back, if, but the results came back. I don't it, know who voted. It was yeah. anonymous.
1: If a little Twitter poll makes you feel better, that's fine. I know the I know the real results.
0: So Okay, sure. <laughs> Our buddy Jason Fonder. Oh my gosh, we gotta get Jason on the We do. Holy cow, I haven't thought about I've been busy doing this or that. Yeah, we gotta get Jason on the show. We no, try to do that once a season. Yeah, forget him. No, Jason uh, commented on that, and he said, I will never, ever watch my life, watch soccer in my life.
1: Said something about cricket, too, I think. Oh,
0: yeah, he said he set an alarm for 4 a.m. one day to watch cricket once, and then he'll never, ever, ever watch soccer. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks, Jason, for the reply. Mm -hmm. Results are the results. All right. Yeah, Uh, Uh, results are the results. eh? (laughs) uh, Liz Maastricht interview coming up tomorrow. Hey, you... (laughs) <laughs> you're not even gonna let me reply
1: <laughs> okay all right that's fine
0: it was like 90 percent to 10 it wasn't uh, like a 60 yeah, 40 oh, yeah. deal it was like 90 to 10 yeah I just a little it, bit yeah. of bias whatever just the unbiased twitter world there's a, there's a term for that
1: i'll i'll, I'll find it
0: yeah. <laughs> okay you go look for it i i'll do the advertisements because tomorrow wednesday show liz Maastricht interview will come out that was great we recorded that last week in the editing process that that episode is in now. Don't forget that episode drops tomorrow. It was great. Liz Mostrick, the senior libero for the St. Norbert College women's volleyball team. Then Thursday, we'll get excited for this one. A Halloween episode. We do this every year. Halloween episode, different intro, different feel. Tony G's spooky picks of the week coming up for NFL on Thursday. You're going to switch it up with the uh, music bed, too, instead of the same, you know, Upbeat music, it'll be a scarier tone, scarier episode all mm-hmm. episode long. So Halloween episode, look out for that on Thursday. No episode next Tuesday either. No. Will and I looked at the calendar. We are going to be ahead of schedule for the amount of episodes we're trying to hit this season. Again, our goal is 25. And we're going to take next Tuesday off because, again, we're ahead of schedule. We're doing great. Yeah. So we will take next Tuesday off. We're not going to have a, a, an episode then. And then uh, that following Thursday, we'll have an episode. What would you find, Will? A little teaser For
1: the, you know, the spooky episode? Okay, Halloween Thursday. Oh, Tony's going to have a soccer segment. All
0: right. (laughs) (laughs) That would be scary. That'd be really scary. Tony talking, yeah, that's like... I'd be concerned. Yeah, what's up with this man? I'd be like, is he okay? No, no, we're going to... You find find anything for what you were looking for? Oh, it's sampling bias. Sampling bias. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Except here's the thing. I didn't go out and source people for my sample. It was an anonymous We're, sample on Twitter. Oh gosh, what do you want me to do? Post it on the walls of Saint Norbert College? No, oh, do you want it me to would, put it in the locker room of the men's soccer team? We would team need a neutral,
1: a neutral, a uh, neutral party to post it, with no soccer or baseball fans.
0: So, what is a neutral party then? Because what?
1: No, I know that's, that that's there's going to be always there's always exactly, going to be sampling sure. bias. Okay. But like, okay, I'm I saying like it was
0: yeah. leaned heavily. To, it's fine. Is it fine? Mm-hmm. 90 I think, was the result. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah,
1: it's fine. I don't need a poll to tell me the results.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, you do.
1: All right, let's preview
0: the show today. All baseball. <laughs> and that is, here's, my,
1: here's my punishment.
0: <laughs> that is, oh, man, that is not by design against yeah, the whole baseball soccer thing. Don't it just happened. No, 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 no. It mm-hmm. just happened. Here's the okay. thing. World Series starts today, so we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll do that to the second segment. I was bouncing back and forth that that should be the first segment of the second, but it's all baseball regardless. So we'll keep it the second segment. I talk Brian Snicker. Let's get serious here, Will. I make a convincing argument that Hank Aaron does not belong, the name Hank Aaron does not belong to Atlanta. They stole him from Milwaukee. I'll, I'll show you why when we get to that part of the show. First segment today that will lead things off. There's been news recently about Major League Baseball. We'll talk about what it means moving forward for the game. Uh, That America loves so much. And uh, then, of course, after those two segments, we'll talk picks of week seven. Tony G's picks of week seven. We will recap that. Over 500 this week, Will. That's all I can ask for. I was a little bit disappointed with a few of the picks I had, though. We'll get there Mm -hmm. at the end of the show. State of the MLB, World Series preview and picks. And then picks of week seven recap. Let's get into it, Will. Tony G. (laughs) <laughs> Tony G Show, Season 7, Episode 14, 90 to 10, I think was the result. 90 to 10. Well, then 90% of your audience should be happy to hear this episode. <laughs> You're listening to The Tony G Show now in its seventh season. Right. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G. Ordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Right out of the intro, we'll get into segment number one. Major League Baseball is in the news recently for a couple of reasons. Two different stories have come out in the last week or so, about 10 days. And they've impacted the game a lot moving forward into the offseason and next season. So I want to talk about that. Uh, First thing that we'll be talking about in this discussion is Major League Baseball has finally taken a step towards uh, the increase of a minor league baseball player's quality of life. So we'll get into all that, the recent news and what things are like now and how they'll change moving forward for minor league baseball players that are assigned to teams in the Major League Baseball uh, League, MLB. And then the second storyline that we're going to talk about in this Major League Baseball segment number one is... There is a potential work stoppage coming, Will. That should scare you for a lot more reasons than you think. We'll get into that uh, towards the back end of this first segment. So let's get into it with the first thing I talked about. Major League Baseball taking a step towards an increased positivity towards minor league baseball players' quality of life. This was reported by Jeff Passan of ESPN October 17th. Early last week, like Mm -hmm. I said, last 10 days or so, Major League Baseball is requiring their teams to provide housing for minor league players starting in 2022. That's just next season. So Major League Baseball is really trying to increase. There's been this conversation over the last couple years, last five or so years that's really ramped up, I want to say, maybe the last three, of the discussions, especially after COVID. Here's what happened. Here's a little timeline as we as we get into this discussion. Major League Baseball after COVID, or before COVID, even before COVID, they were going to slash I think it was around 42 minor league baseball teams from the minor league baseball organization of major league baseball. 42 teams were cut. A bunch of teams were slashed. Payrolls were cut. And then COVID hit. And then that only magnified the problems that there's no money to give quality of life to these players to even pay them to come to play minor league baseball. And that's been a discussion for years and years as well, that players in the minor leagues are not getting paid at like a normal rate at all, at, at all. Like they're getting like 10000 15000
1: $20,000. Let's say AAA players uh, as of 2018 made an average of fifteen k a a year. Jeez. Single A making six k, double A making
0: 9350 on average for each one. That's terrible. Let me put it to you this way, Will. That's a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, you're a minor league baseball player. You're traveling all summer long. You're not at home. So then how are you supposed to just pick up a job and earn another thirty five to $40,000 in the winter To make your life somewhat normal. I mean, $9,000 for an adult human to make with the inflation and all this stuff. And this isn't a political show, but with prices increasing, gas prices, and everything is just going up. How is $9,000 going to be a normal salary? That shouldn't even be legal. It shouldn't be. It really shouldn't. It's terrible. I mean, I get that they're chasing their dream and they got to go through... You know, they can't get paid millions of dollars for playing minor league. I'm not saying they should. Right. But how about like a normal salary? <laughs> yeah. Like, give them $40,000 a year. So I'm going to let you get to your quote, but then I have something else to sure. add. Sure, absolutely. So here's what happened. Uh, Jeff Pass just recently, again, in the last couple of weeks, Jeff passing and again of ESPN, throughout out this story that Major League Baseball is going to increase minor league uh, players' quality of life by providing housing to them. So now they're not going to be – there's this picture that came out of – like five or six minor league baseball players sharing a one-room apartment, and they're all stuffed in. I mean, it it just looks absurd. So minor league baseball teams are going to be required of them to provide housing for their players, which is a step in the right direction, Mm -hmm. of course, over anything. But after this conversation has been going on for years and years, Major League Baseball came out with this quote. This is a quote from Jeff Pass in ESPN. And I quote from Major League Baseball, MLB is engaged in a multi-year effort to modernize the minor league system and better assist players as they pursue their dreams of playing in the major leagues. In 2021, we increased the salaries for minor league players by 38% to 72%, depending on level, and significantly reduced the travel requirements, improvements to minor league ballparks around the country, and substantial renovations for player-facing uh, facilities like locker rooms and training rooms. So they've been trying to increase over the last couple of years. Is what that quote is saying again, close quote. I, uh, so Major League Baseball taking a step in the right direction. Housing is only another increased step in that direction. It's about time. So
1: we're taking a high end. So they said what, 38 to 72 percent increase in salary. Correct. And we're comparing that. You know, there's that's that's probably that's year over year. So we're looking at 2020 to 2021. There's been an increase. Of you know, on the high end, 72%, but if we're applying that to the 2018 number I have here, that's only $25,800 for like on average for a triple A player. That even still feels, and you can chime in on this, that even still feels way too cheap. You see what
0: they did there, yeah. You see what they, they did, percentages, they didn't mm-hmm. do numbers, they didn't get into specifics, they did percentages. So everyone's like, wow, they increased to almost what was it, 72% on the high end, on the high end. That's not even for everybody. So what's the average, like 40, 50? Right, so it. That's still like $10,000, $15,000 to $20,000 a year. I mean, it's, it's not sustainable. They obviously are going to get jobs in the winter, or whatever. but you got to keep in mind that they're trying to be major league baseball players. Right. So they have to work at their craft in the offseason. It's just like they just throw down the bat and forget about it until spring.
1: So I have a follow-up question to you for about this. Do you think it's weird, or not weird, but it's interesting that why hasn't a team been like, Thought that why don't we really invest in our AAA teams, our our AA teams, our single A teams, and really put money into them, so we can find these players that otherwise, you know, there might be people that are really good ball players, but they just can't balance between another job and and playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that there hasn't been a team, to my knowledge, that really invested in that program, so they can f- find these players that otherwise might
0: not be able to make that that work life baseball balance. It's a good question. It's a good thing to think about too and converse about in this baseball society that is surrounding the major league base MLB because minor league baseball is different. It's just weird. Weird is a good word for it. You said weird and then you pulled back on it. Weird is a great word for it because it's unlike anything else. There's a couple elements to this argument I want to make for why it's weird. Most of the players that get pulled up anyways to the major league team are coming from Cuba or the Dominican Republic or, or Mexico and places that are not America. Mm -hmm. So they get thrown into these situations where they're already really good because baseball players from overseas are very good at baseball. So they get thrown into the major leagues right away. That doesn't take much grooming. As for players from America or or even from overseas that play in minor leagues and try to make it to the major league level, they could have really good success at the minor league level and never get pulled up. I read a book. I think it was R.A. Dickey's book. That I read in high school. And he gave this story about someone he knew that was really good in the minor leagues. Hit 300 every year. Had like 20, 30 home runs every year. Batted in a crazy amount of runs. He was just productive. But he was never pulled up to the major leagues. He did that for like 12 years. He was always really productive. And he was just never pulled up. Minor league baseball is unlike anything else. Because you could it's almost subjective. It's almost a subjective business to be like, This guy's having success. We're going to leave him here though. Mm -hmm. we're going to pull this guy who may be successful but he's having less success we'll pull him up and see what he's got it's just completely it's just weird weird is a good word for it that's okay there's a a
1: lot that goes into it essentially other than than just like how they're playing in the league but do you feel that better situations in minor leagues is going to lead to a greater output of like really good players Hmm. are they going to find these players that otherwise you know wouldn't be able to balance us because of
0: greater uh, or better living conditions. I do think so in some regard. To a degree. Absolutely, because now they can focus on the offseason instead of having to work a full-time job so they can actually make money Mm -hmm. and have a living. I think that that would be huge for a few players, sure. But there is this complete swamp of talented baseball players being pulled up right now. I mean, from all over the place, too, that don't have to spend much time in minor league baseball, which is why teams don't usually invest in their minor leagues, because... All their talent is right on the cusp of getting, you know, why are they going to invest in some high A baseball team where they might not see that play for the next five years at the major league level? So why would they invest in That's not a good business investment to them. I think, but to answer the question, I certainly think that there's some players who will benefit from this in terms of production on the field, Mm -hmm. increasing their chances to get pulled up to the major league level. Something to definitely consider moving forward with major league baseball. And salaries is a huge part of it. But also you got to remember that these players have to eat. These players have to sleep somewhere. These players have to also work towards this career and this profession. They also have to have nice facilities, and Major League Baseball mentioned that in that quote that I gave from Jeff Pass and ESPN uh, from Major League Baseball. They've improved locker rooms and training rooms and workout facilities and all these different things that these players need. They've started to take a step in improving it. We're in the cusp, right in the middle. Not, Not the middle. I just contradicted myself with cusp and middle. We are on the beginning, the cusp, of this renovation to the minor league baseball system. It is beginning, and we are starting to see it unfold, and hopefully only better news starts to come from minor league baseball. This here is a good transition point, however, because we see a lot of positives in this baseball, in, in baseball, in game, in this baseball game of major league baseball improving their quality of life for minor league baseball players. So we're seeing positives. Here's a negative, however, and this just came out yesterday. I woke up to this notification on my phone, and I thought, I we gotta talk about this on that Sony G Show. Reports yesterday of a work stoppage for Major League Baseball in December, and I didn't really know what that meant. So I looked into that notification, I read the article. This was again a VSPN, Associated Press played a part in this as well. And I looked up some CBS Sports article and read on that too. Here's what this is. Here's what this means. CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, runs out the night of December first. So right as we hit midnight, December 1st, turning to December 2nd, the CBA runs out and we need a new one if we want to see Major League Baseball. The CBA is pretty much what says that anyone who works for Major League Baseball agrees to the terms that Major League Baseball has put out and Major League Baseball agrees to supplying the demands of the CBA. It works Mm -hmm. like a union. Yeah, it's basically a union. It's pretty much what it is. So that the CBA is the agreement between the workers and the company. That's all it is. It's like a union. Mm -hmm. So if the workers are unsatisfied and they can't reach an agreement by this date, this means we're going to have another strike. A strike similar to the one of 1994, 1995. There have been, I think, I read the article, the number is somewhere in the mid-20s of the amount of strikes we've had since the 70s. We haven't seen one since the mid-90s. Interesting to mention that. Also, a portion that I read up on this is that if a CBA is not reached on December 2nd, it would lock up the free agency market. So let me explain this. Major League Baseball has their budget, the amount of money that they can supply to their teams, which they can supply to their workers and their players. And if there is an agre- isn't an agreement on the money aspect, then teams don't know how much they can spend on free agents in the market. You see what's going on here? So every CBA that comes out every, every year... Major League Baseball teams are given their salary cap. Mm-hmm. You know, Say they have $20 million, $40 million to spend. Let's say 35 million. Let's meet in the middle. They have $30 million to spend and, on free agency. Well, with the CBA being up in the air, teams don't know how much money they're going to get. So that would lock up the free agency market because you're not going to go sign, I think, a big name out there, Freddie Freeman, the first baseman for the Braves in the World Series, who we'll talk about in a second, by the way. He's going to hit the free agency market. Well, you want to invest in a first baseman, you need Freddie Freeman. You don't know how much money you can give them, Right. So you see what's happening here? It's going to lock up everything financially, which is going to lock up everything else. And we're on the cusp of pushing pushing back the start of spring training. And we're on the cusp of missing the start of the regular season. It could delay everything. The part that scares me is that this could be an abstract thing. Oh, the CBA is going to run out and they have to get a new one pretty soon. Negotiations have been going on since spring already. This isn't something that just came up and, oh, we got to get something settled. There have been talks back and forth between. It's a you know, lot of time. Between, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of days since this is all began. Remember how I how we explained that it's like a union. The company and the workers have to agree on this CBA. There have been offers on each side, and neither have agreed to this point. And it's almost November, so we have about a month, little over a month, until the CBA runs out, and then we hit this strike, and everything will turn to fire. Everything will go awry. It scares me because these negotiations, like I said, have been taking place. They've been going on. This isn't something that just arose and they'll get something worked out soon. This has been going on for a while and they can't agree. So it's very scary. Another, and you could be saying, well, how do we know this CBA isn't going to get signed by tomorrow? A lot of people around the league, again, from what I've read, CBS, ESPN, Associated Press, is that people around the league think that there is not going to be another deal struck in time to really have a full year of free agency to really get teams ready for spring training and pitchers and catchers report in late February. And what I mean by that is the owners meet every year in December their winter meetings and there was talk about them being canceled because they think that the CBA is not I think it actually was canceled. They canceled the I don't want to say that for sure because I don't think mm-hmm. I you know I I read it somewhere and It took out what I could. but So that tells me that owners think that a CBA is not going to be reached in time. And that's a very dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing because they know better than anybody. So they're all in on it. We'll see what happens.
1: Very concerning. From your perspective, how does this play in with the minor league thing? How do these two kind of, you know, like they're wanting to increase the conditions can you elaborate on this yeah
0: absolutely that's a great question great way to tie in both of them because we just got done saying that major league baseball is going to invest in minor league baseball they're going to require teams to put more money into minor league baseball in terms of salaries locker rooms housing food but now how are they going to do that if they don't know how much money they had to spend or if they can't even that too
1: yeah or they're clearly disagreeing with some basic demands of Oh, the absolutely. collective bargaining you know like they they're not they're refusing to meet that you know so it's yes which it should be a discussion there's going to be you know stuff from both sides there's going to be leeway in yeah. what you want you're not it's you know they're, they're not gonna be like well we want a million dollars everybody that works <laughs> yeah. here it's like well that's not happening yeah you there's know counter,
0: uh, offer and counter offer.
1: right yeah. exactly that's what bargaining is that's the you mean, know <laughs> pretty sure it's <laughs> bargaining the agreement. definition of bargaining correct um So it's kind of – at least I think it's interesting that they're wanting to, like, increase the, you know, livability conditions of players. But they're like – but there's a limit to it, clearly, because
0: they're disagreeing on certain things. Absolutely. And it's not like – it's not an against MLB argument. Yeah. Because COVID really snuffed out the money that Major League Baseball had to play with. It did it to every sport, National Football League, um, basketball – colleges, I mean, everything. COVID snuffed out everything because fans couldn't go to games. There goes all your revenue of games and, and concession purchases and ticket purchases. And so COVID really did a number on everything economically. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And it did it to Major League Baseball, too. So they don't know how much money they have to act allocate to teams to spend or, or do this or do that. So it's not like MLB is just being cheap and they want to keep all the money for right. themselves and, and drive up the market that they're in. But they just don't know how much they have to give.
1: And I'm sure – just as evenly on the other side, all these people that work for the MLB are realizing, wow, they're not paying me enough money to, for me to support myself if something like this happened again. Mm-hmm. You know, And I and I'm this is completely outside of perspective. I have no idea what the MLB did for their employees, so not bashing on them. Well, right. But just saying from the other side, you can see where like they're wanting some, there's clearly a disagreement. I mean, obviously, otherwise they'd have an agreement reached already. Correct. And here
0: are some of the problems that they're not agreeing on. Is they, one of the big problems that I took away from the articles I read was that there is concern around tanking by rebuilding teams. Because everybody knows this is a principle that the worse you do in a regular season, the higher order you will be in the draft order, the higher you will be in the draft order of taking a pick. So if you have the worst season, you're going to get the number one pick in the next draft. That happens in every sport. And that's one of the concerns in baseball. Is there going to be a penalty on team's tanking how are we going to be able to monitor that this is that hasn't been a problem in baseball i wouldn't say it's been a big basketball thing and a big football thing i wouldn't say it's been been a big problem in baseball but it's obviously enough that there's it's playing a role in the cba so this is the teams that are successful complaining about this i'm guessing it must i i don't (laughs) know who
1: it's got to (laughs) be because i mean yeah of course they're going to tank i understand it's not fair because they get the first pick but it's not fair that you're winning either. I don't know. That's a weird See, I, a th- That's
0: a weird argument to me. I don't really understand the... Uh, like, there's the argument among the Jaguars. They won game one, and then Trevor Lawrence's draft stock is raising, so they're going to tank and, and try to get Trevor right. Lawrence number one. That's different in football because it's so direct. But baseball, it's not as. You know, there's that's 162 a lot of games. games. There's a lot of games. It's a long season. How do you determine that they're purposefully tanking? I mean... The rivalries in in the division are much stronger in baseball compared to other sports. Just, you know, granted, you know, the AFC North is probably more competitive than, like, the AL Central. Okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah. But there's pride within teams to play spoiler and knock off their division rivals from their playoff hopes. You know, they're playing for a wild card spot. They want to beat them so they can't get in, too. So I don't think it's that big of a problem in baseball, but obviously it's big enough to stir up right some discussion. problems in the CBA. Also, there's a slide in spending on Major League pay, pay uh, excuse me payrolls, which is something that we've talked about. Uh, players want changes to the current deal, which calls for payrolls to be taxed above 210 million. So it's all it's it's pretty much a money thing and tanking thing is what's holding the CBA up right now.
1: So they want. There's a rule that if they're getting paid above 210 million,
0: it's they're taxed a different. That's obviously something though. What it is, it's it's gotta be. I don't hmm. know the exact. Yeah. Problem surrounding the terminology that Let's I've been out into here, that. but <laughs> with that 210 million tax, but it,
1: what you should else be could it be? Smart. What else could it be? I mean, you should be about... taxed
0: more at 210. If you're making 210 million dollars, <laughs>
1: play a game. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. You need to be taxed for that.
0: You know it's. It's certainly strange how that all works out. Yeah. I I don't get it. I digress. Here's the thing. We could be looking at another strike. The start to the 2022 Major League Baseball season could be pushed back. And that could only hurt things even worse because now COVID took away games. The CBA is going to take away games too. There goes revenue for everybody. So nobody's going to benefit from that. But this is a trend starting to emerge here that Major League Baseball – sucks at working deals with their players like they're terrible at it you remember during the covid summer there was no baseball games being played because you know that just happened and then all these other sports are picking up nba is going to start the bubble football is going to start on time national you know major league baseball is having the discussion with their players on when they would start it was going to be june something then it was going to be june something again then it was july something and they didn't get a start until mid to late june you know, so they've had problems working out deals with the players in the past. Major League Baseball needs to get a grip of reality on when they're working with their players and what they want and how they can meet these demands. Because too many times these negotiations between baseball and the players have snuffed out games. It's happened before. Major League Baseball is starting to grow a reputation for not giving players and the player union and the workers what they want. It's just a bad look for Major League Baseball. In a sport that's already hurting, for people to watch and people to follow. It's just a bad, bad look. (laughs) We can wrap up this conversation here and move forward to the second segment because, boy, do I have an argument to make. But just to wrap up this first segment, it's hard. I mean, Major League Baseball is finding itself in a tough spot Mm -hmm. because they want to finally start to improve certain things in their game that people have been calling for. Mm -hmm. They want to finally increase minor league baseball quality of life. And... They get the CBA coming out, and baseball, Major League Baseball sucks at working out deals with with their unions and people that want to work deals with them. They suck at it. <laughs> I mean, it's just frankly, they do. So we'll see how this affects baseball moving forward. It does scare me. If we get a delayed start, well, I I rely talk- on baseball, man. It's a long yeah. semester. When we get to spring semester, and it's starting to get to March... April, I'm ready. You know, halfway mm-hmm. through after spring break, I'm like, all right, let's get some baseball going. Let's help me get through my days because semesters are only cracking down. It's getting harder. If there's no baseball, Will, I'm going to pull my hair out. You're going to have to watch some soccer matches. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Here's me. In <laughs> April 23rd, Colin with FaceTime and Will, I love this. <laughs> this is the greatest sport ever. Wow. What have I been missing? <laughs> yeah, right. What do you say we move on to the second segment, Will? That day is the one day pigs fly. All right. (laughs) Okay. More baseball on the way, Will. Are you ready to talk baseball? Oh, yeah. World Series starts tonight. Braves-Astros. Starts tonight. Game one is tonight. Here's the topic that I want to point out. There's a couple things. It's all Atlanta, this conversation. I'll make my pick towards the end, and that includes some Astros talk. But this conversation is all Atlanta and all Braves right now. We'll start with the manager of the Braves, Brian Snitker. In the summer... In about August, I am a subscriber to Sports Illustrated. I, wow, I read a lot about sports. Don't you I? do? Yeah. I just talk about all these articles. I'm pretty scholarly. I'm a subscriber to Sports Illustrated, and I read the articles that are interesting to me in each issue. And the one I read in August or so—it was at some point during late summer—was about Brian Snitker, the manager for the Braves, and how he has been up and down in the Braves systems for about 40 years as a coach been back and forth. He's married. He has a wife named Ronnie, a couple kids, and they've always been moving back and forth between his minor league assignments as a coach. He's been pulled out to the major leagues uh, as a coach before and then sent down. So he's been bouncing back and forth all over the Atlanta organization for 40 years. And then finally landed the manager job. He took over for Freddie Gonzalez after he was let go in 2016. So 2016, about 40 years back and forth between minors and majors. It's a really beautiful story. He finally gets to become the manager for the Braves. Not only that, he has a couple of rocky seasons to start, but then finally he wins NL Manager of the Year in 2018 with a 90-72 and 72 record of the Braves. 2019, doesn't win Manager of the Year, but has his team go 97-65. and 65. Then you fast forward to 2021, he's helped the Braves beat the Brewers and the Dodgers as theoretical underdogs. Granted, the Dodgers came in as a wild card uh, to the postseason, but the Braves won the NL East, but the Braves had a worse record. Uh, Braves were slotted to lose to the Brewers in the NLDS, and they weren't given the amount of credit that they probably deserved for getting to the World Series, and they're in the World Series for the first time since 1999, with a shot of winning since 1995. Brian Snitker's persistence and story is just so beautiful, and I had to talk about it, because I read this entire article and I thought, this is a really beautiful story. This is a guy who's been through some hardships. This is a guy who's had to live out of his car. This is a guy who's been away from his family. He's been up and down and he's been really committed to being a Major League Baseball manager. This is something he really wanted and thought that he could always get his opportunity to. I mean, it was coming at a point in his career, this job opportunity to be the manager for the Braves. It was coming at a point in his career where he was ready to step away. He was ready to get something a little more normal and be a family man. He was getting older. He wanted to step down. He wanted to just live a normal life. And then he finally gets this opportunity, and he's done so great at it. And it, it's just – it marks the beautiful story of baseball. because this, And I wanted to put this in the second segment for this reason, because we talk about minor league baseball and how hard it really is to be a major league baseball player. Be a professional athlete or coach at any level. I mean, to get to this level is a special thing. But for Brian Snitker especially, doing it 40 years back and forth, juggling being a family man, being a husband, living out of a car, living here or there because he's been on the road so much. To finally get this opportunity and then do so good at it, it's almost like a Hollywood-esque story where he finally gets his opportunity. And if he wins this World Series, he will... He could probably retire, and his life will be complete, Will. A man's life will be complete if he wins this World Series. It's mm-hmm. such a beautiful story. You saw him after they clinched the NLCS against the Dodgers, and he was tearing up. He had he was wiping away tears in his eyes, and it's just beautiful because you see what he's been through. You see him as a man, and you see him as a coach, and to have him finally get his chance and succeed at it so well, be a manager of the year, coach a team with over 90 wins twice, get a team to the playoffs, beat the Brewers as underdogs, beat the Dodgers as underdogs, and then get to the World Series, and then you're an under, underdog again against an Astros team who's been in the World Series. This is their third year for like the last couple of years since 2017. So it's finally an opportunity for the Braves to win another underdog, and Brian Snicker could add a ring to his collection. It's a beautiful story. But with this being said, Will, I got to take a quick turn. I, I do Let's all this <laughs> Let's hear it. I do all this work. Mm-hmm. And you see the work I did? Tony G does his homework yeah. for this argument. You, you know what you
1: do to get stronger? You build something up just to tear it down.
0: You see? So I've done all this work praising the Braves and praising Brian Snitker. But at the same time, Tony G's opinion not a fan of the Braves. I am not a fan of the Brave for a few reasons. Here's one before I get into the Hank Aaron one. I have this backwards in the notes, but we'll go, we'll go here first. Freddie Freeman, the first baseman, who I've mentioned before in the show, always bad mouths the Brewers. Okay. Wisconsin Market, the Tony G Show, always, always, always ripping on the Brewers like he's their older brother or something. Like he has that presence to do that. I remember one year he came and he called it a glorified Little League Park. Miller Park American Family Field now For the Brewers Talked about the lighting Talked about the Brewers as an organization Talked about. Fa- I mean he's just always bad mouthing The Brewers as an organization So ever since then everyone's like Oh Freddie Freeman needs to get a ring before he retires You, you know what Freddie Freeman needs to get? The ball of the dome
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it from Will <laughs> A ball <laughs> uh, Wow He needs to catch one up high Okay well. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something a little more sideline-ish. A little like, more. Uh, he needs to get released. He needs to get. He needs to know what it's like to yeah, be yeah. a less successful organization. Whatever. Were you saying he's gonna be a free agent coming up here? He will be. He'll wouldn't get that, his taste. Wouldn't that? would that be irony if he uh... signed with the Brewers? They need that first baseman position filled. <laughs> wow! Don't scare me. Will oh me. boy. So there's that the, the Freddie Freeman thing. That's part of it that yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of the Braves. Here's the other thing. They claim Hank Aaron as their own. Like he is some Atlanta product. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't. Can you tell me how, Tony? Tell me how. I, I you want to agree. know how? Yeah. Here's the thing. The Milwaukee Brewers became the Brewers after they, were the, after they were the Milwaukee Braves. And the Milwaukee Braves became the Milwaukee Braves after they were the Seattle Pilots. So Seattle moved to Milwaukee, became the Braves. The Braves moved to Atlanta, and then the Brewers got their own organization in the Brewers. That Braves team that moved to Atlanta, Hank Aaron was on. Hank Aaron started his career in Milwaukee, not to mention ended it, but I'll get there. He was with the Milwaukee Braves from 1954 to 1965. 1965 rolls around, the Braves moved to Atlanta, and then he comes back to Milwaukee to end his career from 75 to 76. So not only did he go to Atlanta after playing most of his career in Milwaukee and then was like, I want to wind down my career. Why don't I go back to Milwaukee because I love it so much? Mm -hmm. He wasn't like, let me end my career in Atlanta. He said, let me go to Milwaukee so I can end my career. And then he did that. Here are some statistics I pulled up. 420 of his 755 home runs came as a Milwaukee player, Braves Brewer. 1,400 of his 2,000... Almost 2,300 uh, runs batted in came in Milwaukee. His Rookie of the Year, his MVP, his World Series all came in Milwaukee. His three consecutive gold gloves from 1958 to 59 to 60 all came in Milwaukee. Both batting titles he won came in Milwaukee. He batted 328 in 1956 and 355 in 1957. Not to mention, over 2,000 of his 3,300 games came in Milwaukee. Guy spent most of his success in Milwaukee, all right? He's not an Atlanta product. Atlanta goes off talking about, oh, Hank Aaron's our product. He's our thing. He was a Milwaukee Brave and a Milwaukee product before the Atlanta Braves were ever even thought of. You
1: need to drop it. So I think the question, and I think I know your answer, do you associate a player with the city or the team? See, and that's interesting. And I I, I know your answer, but I'm curious what other people
0: have to say, too. Listen, the thing with Hank Aaron is he belongs to the city, homie. All right? Mm -hmm. He is a Milwaukee product. He went to Atlanta because the organization went to Atlanta. And he was like, I want to go back to Milwaukee to end my career. Spent two seasons there mm-hmm. in the 70s. Don't give me this. He's in Atlanta. Atlanta's like, oh, we cherish him. And the whole storyline, this World Series is going to be, oh, the year Hank Aaron passed away, the Braves were in the World Series. Are they going to win it out of fate because they're Hank Aaron? Hank Aaron was not an Atlanta product. He wasn't. He spent merely just under around a quarter of his career in Atlanta. more than half of his years were spent in Milwaukee, alright? Not to mention all the awards he's won came in Milwaukee. He's Milwaukee, alright? He yeah. ain't Atlanta. That gets me hot. That's gotten me hot for years and years. I've, yeah. put, the, I've put together numbers on this before. Yeah. But just haven't used them on the podcast. I put this together before I even established the podcast. Because I was like, is he really Atlanta or Milwaukee? That that's int- He's I, Milwaukee. I understand your
1: perspective. I just want to... I would like to hear what other people have to say. because I would too. I associate, usually associate players with the city. Sure. You know, that's the community that they're involved with. Yeah, Yep. But I can also understand the team side of things, but you can't then say the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's kind of, that's a, a, a fine line
0: to walk. It's a really tough one. Here's the thing. Here's a couple of examples that aren't like this. Vin Scully announced for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And then when the Dodgers moved to LA, he was Los Angeles. But he spent a long time in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. Seemingly every year, up really every year up until he retired, he was the announcer for for the Dodgers. But he's not Brooklyn, so that's a different exception. But that's because he didn't spend as many years in Brooklyn as he did in Los Angeles. Right. It's kind of like a like a percentages thing here. Exactly. We're looking at more time and. It's different though because Vin Scully is, you know, that He's part of the Jackie Robinson. There, there's no team in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, right. Granted, there's Knicks or uh, the Yankees. They're the Bronx. There's Mets. You know, but mm-hmm. it's it's not like the Brooklyn Nets. It's not like the Brooklyn something right. now.
1: There's not like a yeah. There's not a there's another nobody, team. There's no
0: baseball presence in Brooklyn specifically. So what do you? it's not the same thing. Yeah. Hank Aaron's a Milwaukee product. All right. All right. Just because he hit seven, whatever, just because he passed Babe Ruth in Atlanta doesn't mean... I don't care about that. He wouldn't have gotten there if it wasn't for the 420 home runs he hit with the Brewers. Right. You know? It just It's really gotten on my side for the last couple years ever since I put this together. Because I was like, is this one of those situations where he played like four years in Milwaukee and they retired his number and they're like, oh, Hank Aaron... It's actually the other way around. He spent more of his years, more of his success in Milwaukee. Yeah. Don't want to hear it. Do I say it again? Rookie of the year, his MVP, his World Series in Milwaukee. And not to mention that the Braves claim that World Series as their own, too. Yeah, that's interesting. Just because it was the Milwaukee Braves, the Braves are like, oh, we've won a championship before. It came in, yeah, 56. Whatever, pal. All right? That was in Milwaukee. Not to mention the three straight gold gloves, like I said, 58, 59, 60. Not to mention the two batting titles he had. Unreal. Who does Atlanta think they are stealing that? That's just, that's terrible. That's this, one of the greatest thefts in history of sports. That's terrible. Is this foreshadowing of your uh, your picks? No, not at all. Game one starts tonight. Charlie Morton against Ramber uh, Valdez. That'll be a good game. Morton is like the... 6th oldest player, he's 37, the 6th oldest player to start a Game 1 World Series or whatever. So Game 2 is tomorrow. Games Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then if needed, Game 6 and 7 will be Tuesday and Wednesday. I have the Astros in 6. So maybe it does uh, replicate what I was saying, but I didn't make that pay. It's just the Astros. They have the best offense in baseball. The Astros have World Series experience. They lost in 2019, won it in 2017. Granted, the whole scandal, this or that, but... The Astros are the Astros, man. They're the best offense in baseball.
1: I'm glad you picked the Astros. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have a pick? Mm, I'll go Braves just for the sake of... <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> Soccer, Holder. baseball, yeah. Braves, Astros. You just want to get on my bad side, don't you?
1: Oh, I'm not a huge Astros guy either, so... Yeah,
0: yeah, after the whole... Okay. Yeah.
1: That's why I'm happy you picked them.
0: Yeah. Well, it's... Uh, that's just honestly... I mean, you take out everything else. They're just the best offense in baseball. They're gonna, They're probably going to win it.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, probably. So, let's see. We'll take that to the trash can. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. the show is cruising right along. We've done good so far. Mm-hmm. But let's turn to uh, football. I said this was going to be an all-baseball thing. Yeah, we got some football, well, A right. little bit. A little sprinkle at the end. We do. Uh, here's the thing. Came into Tony G's Picks of the Week last week at 14 and 18. I had the chance, Will, to be over 500 if I went 5 and 0. The two losses that I went three and two this week, the two losses I had were games that I look back on and think, Why did I pick that? Mm. Like I don't usually do that. Sometimes I'll think, Oh, that was just, you know, the wrong yeah. pick. But I look back on these picks and I think, Why didn't I pick that? <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's a good way to put it. Broncos Thursday night, three and three at Browns three and three. Browns were the three point favorites. I said Broncos in a close 24. It was a close one, but they didn't get the win. 17-14. Their defense is terrible, Denver. It's mm-hmm. just a brutal defense. Every play was 11 yards. That a fall from grace. It was like first two weeks we're talking, Denver's got the three, best defense in the game. They were yeah. 3-0. Now they're 3-4. Yep, absolutely. Not to mention that there was no Baker, Mayfield, no Nick Chubb, and they were still, still just carving up the Broncos. That was a bad pick. I look on that and I think Brown's at home. What? What, what, what made me not think... Nah. Broncos, I, I know that the Broncos won those three games because they played, like, the Jets, and they played, like, yep. the bottom of the league. And then they've lost three straight against teams that are actually, like, competent football teams. Mm-hmm. So why did I pick Broncos? I don't know. It's okay. Sunday noon, Chiefs 3-3, and Titans 4-2. and I know the Chiefs have been doing terrible this, this year. Patrick Mahomes leads the league in interceptions. I knew that. Why huh? did I pick the Chiefs? He leads the league? Yeah, he has, like... Nine, ten maybe. He's like, he's like right on the same pace with Zach Wilson, who is now injured. So he's not going to continue to increase the interception numbers. <laughs> just saying. Not to mention Derrick Henry. I, I knew that. Why, why did I pick Chiefs? Why did I let that get the better of me? I knew Titans at home, Derrick Henry, who also had a passing touchdown. Why did I think? I could have had an easy 5-0 week here, but these two losses just absolutely no reason for it. Why did I go with that? So I start on 0 and 2. Let's see if we can regroup. Eagles 2 and 4, Raiders 4 and 2. This one was more of a no-brainer. I said Raiders by 3. They won by 11, 33-22. Sunday night, this was a good game, rain game. Colts 2 and 4, 49ers 2 and 3. I said Colts in an upset. Colts did get the win. Here's the thing, Will. I told you, what did I tell? you? 49ers are 1 and 9 at home since 2020. They're now 1 and 10. Interesting trend that I mm-hmm. I had to I had to point out. Yeah. Haven't allowed a 100 yard rusher since week nine of 2019. Jonathan Taylor had over 100 and had around 110 rushing yards. 107. 107 rushing yards. Yep. Told you. I predicted the score 30 to 16. Colts got the win 30 to 18. Oh, wow. Wow. Red hot. Let's take this momentum. We're we're heating up over here. Yeah, really. Not to mention Friday or Friday. What are we talking? Monday. (laughs) Saints, I'm so excited! I don't even know what day of the week I'm talking about. Monday Night Football, <laughs> Saints Seahawks. Saints three and two, and in Seattle two and four. I said going to Seattle is not going to be easy, but it's going to get done. No Russell Wilson. I think uh, you know. Th- th- I brought up that the Seahawks are allowing 433 yards per game this year. I said Saints are going to win. Saints did win uh, 30 to 10, three and two this week. Brings my season total to 17 and 20. So let's have another good week. Huh? Let's keep this momentum rolling yeah. in the next week. Spooky edition of spooky Sony picks. Spooky picks. Coming up on Thursday. We're making all
1: bad picks. We're going upsets every <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> oh. In a strange change of events, I will be picking soccer games, not football games. Then. Now that. <laughs> yeah, now that. Whatever. I'll give you a now that. And then, you know, I was bragging about fantasy. Uh,
1: yeah, what happened? Give me an update. I lost. Okay. Only by... 11
0: points, though, so it wasn't a bad – it was just a bad sub on my part. For but. those of you that didn't listen to that exact part of the episode, uh, Will was bragging that he was undefeated in his yep. fantasy football league. He lost. I started out 6-0, so let's hope I don't Broncos it and, yeah, and really. tank. I did that. I, I said that on the podcast, too. I had a season like that with the friends from high school. Just, just last season, I think it was. I yeah. started 6-0, and and I finished like 8-8 and or something or whatever it was. I went on a complete binge of losing. And not to toot my own horn here, knock, knock on what is this linoleum or no, no, um, I don't know. Formica, Whatever it is, I don't know. Whatever countertop, knock on countertop. Yeah, it's definitely There's not wood linoleum. right here. There what we am go. My... That's plastic though. That's a that's the door. It's like a. Anyways. Yeah, Tony G Studios is not very is not built to last. Either way, I won in all my leagues in fantasy. Straight flush, championship, like one out. Well, like all my leagues. Wow. Like this week. Not the oh. Like this week. All okay. my leagues. I'm a win. Four of them. Take that. Knock them down. One of them all. There you go. Yep. I don't mean to brag. I'm just going to pull a one McCormick and lose all my games from here on, but. I'm not talking about fantasy anymore. It's smart. I'm just going to make
1: substitutions do not even think about it. I probably should It's like golf. Yeah. Just don't, you know, I'm, just I swing the club.
0: Golf. I miss golf. Golf uh, updates. we'll shooting it to the trees. I know. Right. Ricochet
1: off a tree. <laughs> <hole in> one. one. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> The drive right into the ground. All right. What do you think, Will? Wrap her up. See you on Halloween. Yeah. Don't forget, Liz Mostrick's interview is going to be dropped tomorrow. That was a great one. That's interview. right. Yeah, it'll be fun. So uh, we look forward to that. Uh, that'll, that'll do it for this episode, though. Hank Aaron is a Milwaukee product. All right. Let's he is. drop the narrative that they're Atlanta. All right. All right. Got me all hot and yelling. I, I mean, no, way. Every award he's won came in Milwaukee. How is Atlanta like, yeah, he's our product? Whatever. Give me a break. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go punch a hole in the wall or something now that I'm all mad. But we'll see you Thursday. Don't forget Liz Monstrich's interview is going to come out tomorrow. So Well, see you then. We'll see you on Thursday. Spooky spooky episode. Before. Halloween episode. Yes, sir. See you then. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. This the Tony G Show. Thanks for listening to The Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.